But no, I'm, I'm the person, like, I can't, like, if anything good happens in my life, like, anything, I'm, like, celebrating it. Because, like, because where I'm from, the shit I go, I've been through, like, we didn't see this shit, you know? So everything's, like, a blessing for me, like, so I fucking celebrate it, you know? But, yeah, I can't, like, I'm not going to stop thinking about this until fucking something else big happens. So. Bro! During during an interview on the Warm Ups podcast, <laughs> shameless plug. Let's go, bro. Stop fucking around. With so out of focus, but I don't care. <laughs> Let's go, bro, bro. Zay, what just happened, buddy? Bro, Afrotech. Just posted our stuff, bro. It's over, bro. And we got credit. It's over. <laughs> Back in the game, it's evident. I step in the room, I'm an elephant. Run up a bag, I ran up a bag. I gotta go count on some presidents. I'm back out the dirt, the sediment. Back with a baddie, she elegant. I'm back from the dead, I'm back from the dead. Bitch, they call me the revenant. So, warm ups, Phoenix, Arizona. This is. Technically Phoenix or Scottsdale? We're in Phoenix still. Okay. Yeah. So Phoenix, um, we've been out here for what? Two or three days now and we've been treated really well. We got the Super Bowl next week. We'll be here for that. Um, so yeah, thanks thanks for tuning in uh, to another episode. We really appreciate all the people that keep coming back to watch these, uh, these episode to episode, all these lessons that we're trying to share with everybody. Thank you for liking, subscribing, um, commenting. That's how we were able to grow this thing. Um, and then of course, the most important variable here, the stories that we're sharing. Um, we have two really awesome guests. One I've known for a long time. One I just met, but I feel like I've known for a long time. Um, so Justin Pugh and his wife, Ange Pugh. Um, I feel like it's important to kick this off with how we got together and how we started uh, building our relationship. So rewind. What year was that? 2017, was it? 17 or 18. Were you still with the Giants? I was still with the, I just finished up with the Giants. So okay. I was going into free agency of my last year. And we met at that, at that business combine. Yeah. So that was back when, that was like the first and only like NFL business combine that mixed teams. Yeah, the NFL came in, put the kibosh on that whole thing because they were like, Miami Dolphins, we're not giving you any competitive advantage. Yeah. You know, Stephen Ross, you're not going to get any any free agents to come over just because you have some extra things off the field. So the NFL came down and cracked down and shut it down in a minute. And that's why they did it in New York, though, was because Stephen Ross, they wanted to go somewhere where they could leverage Stephen Ross's um, relationships and, and, you know, respectfully give you guys the most value. Um because you guys went to like Googles and Facebooks and we went everywhere. I mean, it was that that was a turning point in my career, like for business wise. Like that that week was huge, but uh, it's coming back. It's coming back in a different way now. So I'm excited for that event. How how did you feel about that overall? Because I've received mixed feedback. Like some guys I've talked to loved it because they just saw it as like a way to scratch the surface and get their feet wet. Other guys felt almost like intimidated by like, yo. I am like listening to like a head honcho at Facebook and I don't even know how to run my local coffee shop. Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. I think it kind of just that week, it was like survival of the fittest. Like it was almost like a Darwinism type thing where it's like, Hey, 
if you're cut out for it, it's going to shine through. And I think they try to do some due diligence to get guys that had some intentional content or like they put out feelers of like, Hey, I'm interested in doing something more than football. Mm-hmm. So once we got those guys in a room, I mean, it was, it was intimidating. Yeah. Cause I wasn't a, a superstar. You had guys like Madama Kinsu who was like, just left a meeting with Warren Buffett. And then, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you had yeah. some heavy hitters in the room, people that own sports teams. Uh, we had heads of rock nation. Like we had some really serious people and it was intimidating, but it's like you grow through uncomfortable situations. And that's where I think like, I didn't want to speak up. I didn't want to have to do a certain things. But towards the end, I had to get up and speak in front of everybody. And I know, like, I was 50 pounds heavier. You know, I was I was definitely <laughs> I was probably sweating, yeah. sweating under my suit. But, like, I got up and did it. And that's, like, one of the more proud moments. Like, to get up in front of your peers, guys you respect and want to be respected by, it's it's something that, that breeds growth. And I think a lot of guys took that. And whether they used it or not, you know, it was valuable for everyone for one reason or another. So maybe they didn't get like direct, like, oh, I got a job offer from this because I didn't get a job offer from it, but yeah. it led me down a path from that point. Yeah. That's, what, that's the purpose of those things, I think. I mean, it, it did it for me, you know, because I was fortunate enough to be um, in the in that similar room, but on the NBA side. So it, it like gives you the confidence that, hey, I can do this stuff, you know, because it puts you, like you said, in those uncomfortable situations, whether it's, you know, presenting, whether it's, you know, talking to to someone who's a business titan and you feel like you don't deserve to be there. Um, but it, it it gives you that confidence and, you know, that, hey, I can actually go do this thing. So now I'm glad that that happened for you. You say that was kind of your turning point in your, you know, business career. Yeah, I think so. Because it really exposed me to what else is out there. Like, right. you say some of these terms like tech, real estate, finance. Well, like, when you really get into it, what, what is that? Like, how do I, how do I find my niche within it? And to just get the exposure and for someone to, you know, spark that match was huge for me. And that's really what set off my career outside of football, because for so long we've just been pushed through as athletes or really in, in whatever, whatever field you're in. I mean, like you're in a fine art, I'm doing acrobatics and tumbling. I'm going to go do that in college. And like, that becomes your, your sole focus. Or like, for me, it was like football. It's like, all right, we're going to send you to Syracuse, but like, don't take a degree that like, it's going to interfere with practice. Like, don't, <laughs> don't mess with practice. Like I, you can do finance, but don't do engineering because you have Saturday, <laughs> no you have Saturday class. Like you can't miss, you can't miss yeah. the walkthrough. So I and, have, and that's, that's, that becomes the, the tough part. I have, um, you're talking about like all the guys, the squad that was there and, and like some beasts were in our like small group. Yeah. Marshall Newhouse, um, one of my close friends, Spencer Pacinger, Derek Morgan. So what some of these guys are doing in their own like verticals. Yeah. And it all started, well, maybe it started for each individual beyond that, but I feel like you're there for a reason. You're there because you're hungry for information. You're there because you want to network or meet people. Um, that was the group. Like that was our small group. Yeah. These guys, I mean, we won, and that's probably why. We had- <laughs> well, I was our presenter too. Like, how did I present out? How did I present out of that whole group? Looking right now, how many people in here use a dating app? Have ever used a dating app in college? Yeah, at any point? This Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> how many people in here have been to a bar before? Mm-hmm. I need to see every hand. All right, all right, there we go. That is our clientele. That is who we're trying to reach out to. So our market. There's $19 billion circulating through bars right now. The dating app industry is $2.4 billion a year. Spencer's a legit actor. Like, why was he not up there in front of everybody talking? I remember how nervous you were. Like, I remember you coming back to the hotel being like, oh my God, I have to present this, like, 
thing. I don't know like how I'm going to do. And then you're like, we won. I remember being so proud of Justin and you mentioned this a little bit off camera because, and, and Spencer, cause Spencer was your co-pitch person. Um, you guys were not, you were openly not excited to pitch. You're like, listen, I'll do it because I'm a team player, but I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> and I was like, bro. And so as a coach in those scenarios, it's, it's easy for me to pick out who needs to be the guy based on how they're interacting, like within our small group, like who's speaking up, who's owning the room, who's running the table. And that was you and Spencer. Um, you were more like Spencer was offering up a lot of like very intellectual remarks and he's really good at like act or like delivering it but you are like far and away the most engaging. And the fact that this dude is getting people engaged with him, I like whipped my phone out and started recording this immediately. Like people do this shit for five plus years and still don't know how to figure yeah. that out. And there's like little things like, here's a, a cheat code that you guys hopefully can take home. There's like car salesmen do this a lot. If you like go towards people and like you're on a, they're on the other end of your desk and you're like, you make hand gestures towards them. That's like a subconscious thing that people pick up on or don't necessarily pick up on, but um, makes a, a world of a difference in your rapport with them in an individual conversation. So I don't use that to my advantage because I just kind of do it naturally. Mm -hmm. And one of I didn't take business in college, but one of my, um, one of the professors I reached out to to mentor me told me like, did you ever know that you do this? Cause they're like the intangibles that you can't teach. And you were doing all of that stuff that day in that room. So it's funny to, to hear that like you were nervous and blah, 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 because as soon as the ref blew the fucking whistle, you were going, you, it was game time. So like, I as, guess as scared as I was, I was more scared of being embarrassed in front of those guys. Like, like you said, <laughs> like, I just remember, I, I'm trying to think like Sue was in that, which is, you know, like I said before, Eric Berry was there who at that time was like at the height of his career. Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably remember more guys than I do, but like, I'm like a, this fifth year guy. And I'm still not sure how I'm making it in the NFL. And like, these guys are the guys I look up to. Like, and now, now I'm like, have to get in front and sell them this some app idea. I think it was like, now that you're saying it, I think I remember it was like, you can like touch base with somebody if you're in the same venue as them at that time. It's like dating close quarters uh, app or something like that. And we had, a, they gave us like these- Those prompts. The, yeah, yeah, it was like, I think you guys pitched like, so selling that story is something that's like helped me down the road. It's like, hey, no matter what you're doing in life, sales becomes a big component of it. Yeah, communication, all of that yeah. stuff. You've always been that type of guy though, like- whether you're selling the goldfish on the counter over there or you're doing that, like you've always just been like. I had to sell you. I had to sell her on me. You know what I mean? So I'm still here. Yeah. Must have worked. No, but yeah, you just, I feel like since, since I met you, you've always been like that. You're just like excited about every single thing you do. I probably um, get too excited. I get like on these little, tangents. A little of, too excited sometimes. I do that but too. I don't that, know. People love it. That's why, I, that's why I think like athletes are some of the best business people. Yeah. Because like they, they have this, this charisma, this, uh, this, you know, swag. Every, yeah. Everything that you need as a, as a personable business person, like that's what athletes are, you know? And I mean, in like whenever they decide to make the transition mm -hmm. into business, I think that's why they, they're so successful. Um, and a big reason why. I feel like, so you, providing some of those remarks on just like, okay, you've always been that. First of all, you were selling goldfish. I'm, 
No, I wasn't selling goldfish, but she's just saying like, <laughs> okay. the, whatever, like whatever it is. The cheese on the table and he's explaining Trying to get why someone to eat the oh, cheese. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, this yeah. is why you want to have our charcuterie yeah. board right okay, now. Okay, gotcha. She's like, Sorry, okay, I, I milked, we, the, the, the cow was milked in this certain farm yeah. in a certain way. And I, go like the, the water, like the water you're drinking. It's like a certain, I, I made sure we had the best water, like the Mountain Valley spring water it that honestly, we have at the house. I actually noticed that. Yeah. I'm it's got, dead it's, serious. It's got high total dissolved solids, which is like the mineral count in the water. Okay. I don't know if you're Let's, being serious or no, I'm being dead, okay. being dead serious. <laughs> like, so when I moved out here, it was a health thing too. Like that video, I'm 50 pounds heavier in that video. Yeah. And like, you know, I was a cheesesteak away from having to get rolled out the door, you know? <laughs> so I met Ann. She's obviously, she's a, a fitness instructor. I know we're going to get into that, but like she helped change my perspective on like taking care of myself. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like you get one body. And, and so like health and wealth are like now my two biggest things, like creating wealth within my own body and then also like, you know, working and playing football and things off it. So I want to come back to that point for sure. Cause I have an idea that I've been sitting on and I need partners with it. So I'll pitch it to you. If I'm getting in, I'm pitching. <laughs> you're in pitch mode today, pitch bro. Bro. Now yeah. you're pitching me. I had a pitch for you the yeah. other day. Or you you're pitching coach. me water and goldfish. I'm pitching you stuff that can <laughs> buy us more water and goldfish. Okay, perfect. But um, <laughs> yeah, and you were talking about how, you know, you've always been this way. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in like your guys' dynamic. So if you, at some point, well, I definitely want to hear more of like your journey, right? Going from Syracuse or even high school to the league and like what all of that equates to, because I feel like that's your substance and it's what made you who you are now. Um, but I also really want to know the dynamic between you guys um, and what it's been like. So I know, again, we've talked about this before um, when we came, but it was like, I'm really passionate about making sure that this second fiddle, the people, the, the plus ones, the NFL wife, the NFL girlfriend, get the respect and acknowledgement that they deserve in these relationships, because these guys get to stand on the podium and wear the, you know, the ribbons mm -hmm. or the medals or ho hoist the trophies. But you guys are like, I know this because I have a better half are the ones that are like fueling the damn fire. You're taking care of everything, whether it's like staying on schedule, keeping things organized. It's more than just the around the house stuff. And then you also have all of your own things too. So that's my like basis of interest here. Mm -hmm. And if you guys can, during your journey, if you can kind of like one, two punch yeah. so I can cover these bases, yeah. um, I'm super interested in that. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll start with like the football journey because the football Football is what's allowed me to have this platform, allowed me to get to where I'm at. I've been able to leverage the football card and the NFL Shield, New York Giants, Arizona Cardinals to get to where I'm at. So, like, without football and the people I met and the experiences I've had, I'm not who I am today. I don't ever meet my wife, most likely. And even though we grew up not too far from each other, you know, we always say we put them at anyways, but we'll get to that. So, yeah, grew up right outside of Philadelphia, just north, northern suburb of Philadelphia. Um, no real, you know, scholarship offers. I was like, didn't really work out in high school. I wanted to run around with my buddies. Like we did, we were just hustlers. Like we wanted to make money any way possible. So like, I don't even know if we can, I was like trying to like sell dime bags out of my back of my car when I first got it. Like <laughs> we were like, we thought we were going to be bookies and like, we were going to like, you know, take over the, you know, take over all that. And like, I remember when I got my scholarship offer, me and my buddy were in his basement and we were like, 
running a casino. Like we were like dealing like poker games. Like I don't know if I'm gonna get like in jail. We this might is to, in high school. In high school, we might have to like crop this out. We'll like look it up. We'll look up like statute of limitations. <laughs> I think we're safe. Like this was like 20 years ago now, not 20 years ago, probably 15 years ago. So I think we're safe. But yeah, when I got my scholarship offered to Syracuse, like me and my buddy are dealing blackjack in his basement. And when I got the scholarship, we like used the money we were making. We bought everyone the five, five, five deal from Domino's. Like everybody got a pizza at the casino that day. Like, and it's all of our best friends. Like we were just taking our own friends money, like birthday money, you know? Um, so I always knew, like I always had aspirations to like, to, to grind, make money, just work hard. And then got a scholarship offer to Syracuse. I'm like, all right, I'll go get my degree and get a free education, graduate, you know, with no debt. So I go with, get my degree in finance and I start playing. I start playing well. And then all of a sudden it's like, you might have a chance to get drafted. All of a sudden the agent hits me up and it's like, you know, you're, you're great. Like you're going against first round players. Like the dude I was at Syracuse with was Chandler Jones, who was a first round draft pick. I was a left tackle. He was the best defensive end. Every day we're going against each other. And I'm like, he gets drafted first round. I'm still a junior in college. And I'm like, wait, this dude that I've blocked for the past four years at Syracuse, he's got drafted first round. I went against Bruce, Bruce Irving. He won first round. I went against Nick Perry. He just won first round. Now I'm like, I'm going to be able to do this as a living. Agents start hitting me up. I've never, like I was a two-star. I'd once, Syracuse was the worst team in college football when they offered me. And like, I went there because I had no other choice. Like it was, I ended up loving it and, you know, really enjoyed my time. But like, that was the only choice. So comes around, I'm going through the draft process. They're telling me, I've never had someone like, like measure you on stage in your underwear. Like I've never had to go to the combine. How many reps to 225 can you do? And I go play in the senior bowl and they measured my arms for the first time. And I guess like my arms are like 32 and a half inches long. And to play tackle, you need to be 33 to 34 inch long arms or, or more. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, Justin Pugh can't play. Major red flag. Justin Pugh can't play tackle in the NFL. And I remember that was like the first time I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? What are we, what are we doing here? Like, what kind of business am I getting myself into where like, if your body fats off or your weight's a little too, like I was a little too light. Um, but then all of it didn't matter. I mean, if you can play football, you can play football. And that's why, you know, when we got to the draft night, I didn't get invited to New York. I wasn't like sitting in the green room because they're like, oh, you might go second round, maybe third round. First round starts rolling. All of a sudden, like I get a call from the New York Giants. Like I'm at home with my family, like, sitting in a couch. It's actually on YouTube. Like the moment went viral the next day because my buddy was like a cameraman at a school in uh, Pennsylvania. So my buddy starts filming this moment. New York Giants call me. All my buddies like dog pile on top of me. And then, <laughs> yes, they're, and then they're like, one's wearing an Eagles jersey because they're all diehard Eagles. Yeah. Like my best friend has a tattoo on his chest of an Eagle. Like they are the most diehard. And if you ever have been to Philly, I mean, you guys know like- Philly fans are oh the God. biggest- Philly sports fans ever. They are the most diehard, the most passionate. And you yeah. love them when you play for them and you hate them when you play against them. <laughs> and I just got drafted to the ultimate rival, like the most hated team, like maybe besides the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Everyone just either loves or hates the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like going to Syracuse gave them the inside track of your draft stock? Maybe because Tom Coughlin was the head coach at the time. They had just won a Super Bowl. Um, but at the end of the day, they're drafting the best guy available. So like yeah. if I, if I, was at that spot and I went somewhere else. They, they were still drafting me. Okay. So I get drafted and I'm like, everyone kept saying, the fucking New York Giants? Like that, for the whole day, like my friends are all saying that. 
I'm saying that because I wanted to go to Philly. I was pushing like the Eagles hard, like draft me. I want to come here. Like I'm going to be a guy that will never leave. I'll take less money. I'll be, I'll be Mr. Philly through and through. And then I got to New York and I was like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Like <laughs> New York's not Philadelphia. Yeah. New York is a whole nother animal. Mm-hmm. It's the best city on planet earth. Like that's where we met is where I met my wife. Um, I loved it. I love my time there. I love everything about it. I love the streets. I love the homeless people. I love the sh- people, like the dog shit on the, on the ground. Like I love everything where, about where New did York. You, where did you live in New York? So I didn't even live in New York. I lived in Jersey, but I was in New York every day, yeah, every yeah. night. Like I was always in, in the city going to Rangers games, going to Knicks games, going to dinners, you know, going, going out in New York city. Like that was what I, that's what I thought like defined me. Like I was, I thought I was Mr. New York. Like I was yeah. like, I wasn't, uh, like a like Derek Jeter like that. I'm an yeah. offensive lineman. I don't yeah. get, like I'm not gonna get it twisted, but like I I just love being a part of that vibe that 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 feeling of New York that like intensity. I think she loves that too, and that's what attracted us to each other. Like we sure. love the the hustle and bustle, like the energy of New York. Yeah, and get drafted in the first round. Like I got drafted and, and got to go to New York, got to throw out the first pitch at Yankee stadium. CC Sabathia is telling me like, you put it in the dirt, they're going to boo you. So I got, I'm like, all right, like this is, this is real. Like I'm getting to live my a dream. And through that process, it was, it was great. We go, you know, my last year in New York, we have a bad year. The year before we lost to the, to the playoffs to the green Bay Packers. It was the whole boat, <laughs> boat trip scandal, which, I think it's blown out of proportion. I, I know those guys. Yeah, and they've had man. successful, all those guys on that team has, have had successful careers post New York, but it was just like someone had to go and yeah. they got rid of all of us. Like at that time, even though Odell signed a contract after that and they, they were getting rid of everybody that was a part of that team. And I never thought I'd leave. I go out to Arizona, sign with the Cardinals. Obviously, in, in between, met Alex. Obviously, we have our, our history there with the, that business combine, but kind of started our life in Arizona. And that last year we met, which was probably the worst year of my career football-wise, but like the best thing that's ever happened to me off the field. Like I met my wife. Um, we started falling in love. It was like one of those things where we didn't want to fall in love. We were like, yeah. you know, we both had our own things going on. We had yeah. our own careers and we were focused on that. But every day I was like, I, I don't want to spend time without this person. Like that's that's kind of what it turned into, and that was uh, that was really cool. It led us to where we're at now. So yeah, is there anything I missed in the New York days? And you were working in the fashion industry then, right? Yes. Yeah, so I was working for Calvin Klein um, in global merchandising for men's underwear specifically. Um, I, was, I, I modeled the underwear, obviously. That's how I won her over. <laughs> no, but I sent you guys like how I was sending boxes and boxes of underwear to you and your friends. That was a that was a major perk for for them. None I, of them fit me, but it's for none my, of them fit you. Race. But like brownie points for the guys. Yeah, all my friends live with me. So like when we first moved to New York, you know, all my buddies that I grew up with, I, we have a tattoo. There's eight of us, um, and when I first got drafted, they all like one was already working in New York City out of college, and then the other, like over time, every all but like two moved to New York City. We all lived together. We had this crazy house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we were like entourage is what we thought we it were. Really, yeah. That house was nuts. But though. we ended up being like old school. Like we were just like a fraternity. I had an old 75-year-old, not 70, he was like 65 at the time, neighbor next door that hung out with us. Um so were you stunting? Like when you guys first met, you're like, oh yeah, like he's just a first round draft pick at the Giants. Like, was that an was that a factor for you? No, I had no idea that that's what he like. I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> like Dang. I didn't So he was like, sorry, I can't hang out on Sunday. 
because I have- No, so like our my friend who, mutual friend, she was like, I want, she works, she does PR for guys in the NFL. And she's like, I want to connect you with this guy. Like he's from Philly or from Delaware. Like, I feel like you guys would get along. And then she connected us and we didn't get along at first, right? Yeah, because like we weren't- Well, like- you were just in your party boy phase and I, I've always been like a- commitment type of girl. And I could tell that that is not what you wanted at all. So I was like, I told, I told you that I was always. No, you straight up. Yeah. You always told me like, I'm not looking for this. And I'm like, all right, well fine. Then this isn't going to (laughs) work. So I remember us like it was right after Christmas. I I think it was 2017 going into 2018. I went home and our, my friend, um, the one that connected us was like, so how's it going with Justin Pugh? And I was like, it's not going anywhere. Like no way. Um, and then she was like, let's Snapchat him. We Snapchat him. And he was like, oh, that girl is so pretty. I want to take her out on a date. And she was like, well, then why don't you just take her out on a date? And then he was like, you know what? Maybe I will when she gets back. And then we went out on a date and the rest is history from there. The rest is history. Yeah. Sure. Lots more dates after that. Yeah. Lots more dates. <laughs> I was commute. So I lived in Manhattan. So I would commute every morning. Well, I would, after work, I would just like get on the train or get an Uber and go straight to his house in Jersey City. And then every morning I would take the train in because my work was in Manhattan, like kind of near Times Square. Yeah. So I was just commuting every day. Got really old after a while, but. Okay, so that's where everything started. That was the the pinpoint for everything getting started. That's where it all guys. started, but this is, Arizona is where everything flourished. Like, yeah. like f- off the field in our personal lives and, you know, all, you know, on the field, all those things really started to take off. Like New York, we were just still so young, yeah. trying to figure things out. I didn't know how to be a professional. Um, I so, gave it my all. I, I worked. I worked so hard. But it's like as a young player, I'm sure you guys have just going through this process, seeing like how hard it is to go from having nothing to having something. Yeah, and as as a young as a young player, when you get get all this money, you get like super protective, like of like people who come around and say, "Hey, I want to help you do this." Like that's why I think. It's so hard for young guys and girls to invest or to start in business when they first get into the league because you know they're th- they're, they're given all this money or they earned it, but they're you know, all this money comes into their life and it's like, dang, like what do I do? Like I'm trying to figure out how to navigate having this first before I can start, you know, uh, you know, business. And, I mean, you alluded to it, you know, Arizona being this. You didn't want to. You don't want to be here, you know, initially. But it's kind of been a a a, a blessing in disguise, yeah. Because it's kind of thrusted you two into into business. So it's just, it's just been us two out here too, right? So like when we got out here, when we bought our first home that that we're still into this day, we did like a big addition, added on. So we had to like build and like deal with a contractor and deal with paying bills and like just all yeah. these different things that like we never. I always rented in New York, so like everything right. was kind of always handled for us. And then we moved out here. It was like. Oh, you're on your own now. Like even learning to pay taxes for the first time. The first check I got, like obviously I paid taxes when I was younger, but like I didn't know what was going on. I was probably getting yeah. paid under the table when I was like, I was a stock boy. I did some other odd end jobs that we we talked about. We're just they were cash only businesses. All right, we uh, got them, boys. You can come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, once I got to New York, I, my first check, I'm like, wait, hold on. Someone like they only gave me half, and my uncle had to explain to me who's my financial advisor, and he's like, no, no, you. Uncle Sam got his half. Don't worry about that. Like you're going to learn, you're going to learn. But uh, yeah, the government's getting their piece. And that's, that's something that has just been crazy to me ever since. He taught me, this is my one phrase about money that I love. And he told this to me. 
money is like soap. The more you play with it, the less you have. Like, and that has always stuck with me. Like, it's 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 better to build wealth over time than try to do a hundred things at once because then you take your eye off the ball and that's when you get in trouble. And like, that's the one thing I hope I always tell to young players because I was that guy. Like I was taking my friends out thinking, just swipe the Amex. What, what, what could go wrong? All of a sudden you look at the end of the year and you're like, damn, I spent this much money on just like going out, mm-hmm. eating dinners. Because in New York, you know, you got to get table service. Yeah. And I was the first round pick. I thought I was the man. So everywhere we went, bottles on me. Like that, and that, backfired quickly. My uncle, we had to sit down at the end of the season and, he, and my uncle did a great job. And I'm sure like talking to other players, he wants me to make some mistakes. Like he wanted me to mess up and we'll get into some of those things. But that was, uh, that was very valuable. He let me learn things on my own as opposed to just like, keep me in this bubble. He let me go out and get burned a few times. And that, and that taught me more valuable lessons than anything. Yeah. Just like lowering the, like mitigating some of the risk involved. Like don't make the big mistakes. Yeah make the ones that can teach you the lesson that aren't going to mm-hmm. like really kill you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Phoenix, um, things start flourishing. What what part did you guys add on to this place? And was that part of like your real estate itch or was that was just a no, personal I decision? I kind of started for the like both of us. It, we, yeah. uh, we bought this house and we always had plans to add on to it, but the plans obviously grow. Budgets go higher and higher. Yeah. And uh, everyone was like, all my teammates were like, no, you don't want to live in that area. It's too expensive. And I, you know, when we first moved here, everyone was living <laughs> south, south in Chandler, Arizona, like close to the facility. And this is like 25 minutes north of where we practice every day. So it's a bit of a commute. But like I got up here. I'm like, if I'm going to live in Arizona. I want to like, see, I'm going to see this crazy mountain that we have right here. Mm-hmm. I want to like go to the malls. I want to, you know, there's a really good mall out in Arizona. There's some great golf courses nearby. Go to the really good dinners. And we're mm-hmm. like, we're going to live. We're going to like, we're going to try to like enjoy ourselves. So we bought this place and put a master bedroom on put a guest house in because we know we're East Coasters. We moved the pool. We moved the pool. We added a you lot of grass. Pool? We did. Yeah. She just re it, it up. Literally. We filled it in. It was actually right here, like yeah. right behind the house. And then there was a, there's like an empty patch of grass down there. So we were like, what are the, it was just not being used. So we moved the pool down there, put a guest house in and then just left this all open. So if you're in the fashion industry, I know that you probably have an eye for design. Is this you're doing? So I had someone help me because I, I mean, I came from like, I wish, I mean, Justin saw it one time where I lived in New York. I literally lived in a shoebox. Like there was no living room. It was just the kitchen and then two bedrooms and a tiny little bathroom. No like couch. You couldn't even sit straight on the toilet. Like you he had to, you sit, had to sit the like to the, side to the side because the door was right <laughs> it was there. so small. The New York life. So like I had never like had to, had to, furnish like a house before. I didn't know what I was doing. So I knew I wanted, I mean, we knew we wanted to do it the right way. So I wanted help. And the girl that we found, she was perfect because, um, she just let me go like along the journey with her. And like, I'd be like, no, I don't like that. No, I don't like this. And she'd be like, well, what do you want here? What do you want to like, what would you put here? So I would like go with her to all the showrooms and stuff and pick everything out with her, which I loved instead of just like having someone do it all. And so like how, we talked about like going from New York to Phoenix. Like how have you been able to handle all of the changes and like flipping your life? Because yeah. like you don't get really, it's either don't be with Justin anymore yeah. or like do it anyways. Like, yeah. so how did you handle that? Because clearly it sounds like you guys didn't really, really want to come out to Phoenix. Um, it sounds like you like love, love New York. Yeah. So what was that like for you? 
I think, I mean, I was so scared in the beginning. Even my parents, they're like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you're just going to- you weren't even married. You were just dating. No, and it wasn't even that long. It was like probably a year and a half, right? Really not that long. So my parents are like, oh my God, we just paid for her to go through college. Like she got her dream job, dream career. And now she's just going to uproot everything and leave and just go with this guy, guy. go with this NFL guy. So I was definitely scared and I was- I mean, I was upset at the time a little bit, um, but Justin just like reassured me every time, like, it's all going to be fine. Like, we're going to be good. Like, you're going to find something even better out there. So I think as soon as I got out here, I like, I made it a point because I knew I wanted to get a job like right away because I knew, like, I just had to have something for myself. Um, So I started working and there's, I mean, fashion out here is really few and far between besides like actual retail stores. There's not mm-hmm. like big companies out here. Yeah. So I was like, I know I'm going to have to work at a store. So I started working at a store like right down the street. There's like four different locations. It's called Alexander Blue. Um, and that's where I like met everyone. Like moving here, I didn't she, know. She's didn't She know is more person. popular in, in <laughs> Phoenix than I am. hundred percent. Like no question. Well, I just. Like, we go anywhere in the neighborhood. Like she's either trained them in the gym now or she, from her first, from her first job here. She yeah. knows all the moms, all the, like, you know, all the young, like, girls in town. They all look up, like, yeah. what should we be wearing to this dance or this event or this whatever? So, when so you like, go somewhere, it's, uh, it's, that's Angie's husband. 100%. 100%. In New York, yeah. like, I had a little more pull. Yeah. Yeah. Here, she, this is the queen. She's this is the queen the of Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. So, our, it's really, like, a bubble here. This, like, Arca- we live in Arcadia. It's, like, an Arcadia bubble. So yeah, the shopping center down here, that's where like all the girls from high school go after school and they go shopping um, and girls from college. So like, I just met so many people just by working at that store. And I feel like that really just helped me like- Assimilate. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so yeah. you also, um, let's let's go to Angie's business, a little bit of her stuff yeah. first, her adventures. Um, yeah. And then we'll go back to Justin's. Um, So you're out of fashion now? Are you still in the fashion space? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I stopped working at the store. I took a little break during COVID. And then, um, I mean, I had been going to this gym down the street. It's called Scottsdale Body. Um, Before COVID, every single day, pretty much. Six, sometimes seven days a week. And the girls there were like, you'd be perfect to work here. We would love to even have you just part-time. One of the girls got pregnant. So they're like, we need someone. And I was like, all right, it's time. like. Okay, so you're done. You're done in fashion, but yes. what about um, your like day to day now? So I know that we're gonna go visit your your flame right now, which is body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun. The three of us. Get I don't to, know. If I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> I promise. I won't. I think we lucked out on which class. You did, like, right? There's, no, you did. Yeah. I hurt strands and I got happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should be. It's way the, better. The sweat one will get you get you going a little bit. So I feel like at this point in the episode, we've got a good feel for your you guys, your dynamic, what makes you you. So I want to go a little bit more technical now and get heavier into the business conversation because part of the reason we also wanted to make sure Ange was was here for this because um, I know she's a podcast queen. She's always booked up. We had to <laughs> her second podcast fit into day, her schedule. So yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, as as part of that dynamic and you guys are building this empire together. Like it's not going to be just you. You talk about starting a family and like all these things, you guys are kind of just one, two punching together. So 
I want to go a little bit heavier into your business and then through that process, like, I guess, enlighten us on, you know, how you guys do that, navigate that together. Of course, there's things that you do more individually, but um, I think navigating that together is a rarity in at least from what we've had exposure to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it's important. So from a business lens, real estate is something that you're huge into. Yeah. Um, when we first met, you told me that you wanted to, what is it like a firm, a group, a real estate group? Like what's the technical term for that? I mean, you, you have like, you, you're like a developer. There's like different niches within it. You could be a broker. You could be, you know, working on the syndication side that like we were talking about earlier. There's there's so many different facets within real estate that you can find. Like you have the lending side. You have, and and I, I never thought I'd be involved in real estate whatsoever. Yeah. Like, but that same time that we met in New York and I met Angela and then we did this business combine, like that's that sparked the flame for real estate for me. And I mean, there's a lot of advantages, uh, to doing real estate. And I just, it's a competitive market. You get to build something from the ground up. And I think coming out here, we kind of added on to the home and got to like take something that was, you know, not our own and make it our own. Yeah. Like yeah. Ha- have our own, you know. That started, pick out, yeah. that started the, the, the itch to get yeah. into it, yeah. And then I always, I always liked investing. Like obviously I was more in the equity side, like stocks, bonds, things like that. And we always talk about it. Like I, I'll try to get her investing, but a lot of people were scared. I mean, like you look at what happened in 2008 and I'm, I'm a, a little bit older. I'm turning 30, I'm 32. So like I kind of got to see 2008 happen. I was in high school and kind of ha- had the realization of like, oh, you could lose everything in the markets. Like the, oh wait, the bank, you can't trust the banks. <laughs> and that kind of maybe pushed me to like, I want more of like a tangible asset. Like I wanted a house and I wanted to be able to like drive by, like that's my house. Like I can go into that house and live in that house. Um, and, and that kind of pushed me to that, to that realm. And we were looking for a bigger lot to kind of build a forever home on. And we found a lot down the street and we bought it and COVID hit. We're sitting here, we have all this time on our hand. We're trying to figure things out. And we're like, do we want to build? We love this house. We had just built it and we lived in it. Like we lived in this house while it was being done, which I'll never, we'll never do that again. Like we were living in that bedroom while they're like ripping this whole side of the house out, all out back. Like it was you were miserable during, it was during camp too. Yeah, it was like during the, oh, like during the it season. It was just, it was a bad idea. Um, so we're building, we're like doing this lot and like we decided like, you know what, we're not going to build on it. COVID just hit, land values went up. So we like subdivided the lot with a partner of mine who was was great and instrumental in helping me out. And we ended up selling those lots off. Individually? It, yeah, okay. yeah. So we, we, we bought a three acre lot and kind of parcel, like got them rezoned. Uh, it was like a commercial bed and breakfast that we that we took down that mm. had been there forever, but it just had the woman had passed away and her family didn't want to you know take care yeah. of it, and so we came in and we bought it. He he was a the general contractor who did our house. He's like, I'll demo everything, get everything leveled, and then we'll we'll turn around and we'll and we'll sell it. So that's what we did, and then I learned about like different as you go, you learn, mm. make mistakes, and, and do certain things. I, we'll talk about some failures in business yeah. that I've had because that I think is more important important than the, the successes. But we did this whole sale. We did a ten thirty one exchange where it's like a tax deferring strategy. Yeah. Again, taxes. I'm, I'm I get excited about things. Taxes actually get me excited <laughs> because I like to figure out ways to like you know create. Make the most of your money. Yeah, yeah, it's not how much you make, it's about how much you keep. Yeah. And there's certain ways you can, you can, you know, do 
do things that help your, your the government puts it in place where you can, yeah. without, without talking too much about taxes, because no one wants to talk about it, yeah. but there's ways you can like save money. Like when I sign with the Arizona Cardinals, for example, and I, I try to tell this to guys all the time, I moved to Florida and got residency in Florida. Athlete signing bonuses are taxed in your state of residence. So we get salary, our salary gets paid wherever we play. So we play the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm paying Philadelphia state income tax. I'm play, paying Philadelphia wage tax. We go to California. I'm getting less money. We go to Texas. I'm screaming, let's go because <laughs> no state income tax. Florida, no state income tax. So Wait, Texas doesn't have state income? I thought it was proper, no property tax. No Texas, state income tax. Yeah. Wow. No state income yeah. tax. Do they have property tax there? Yeah, they, they kind of make up the difference oh, okay. through their property taxes. Property taxes in Texas Sorry, are crazy. Just, that's news to me. Okay. Yeah, so you have Florida, you have Tennessee, Texas, Nevada, Washington. Like, there's a bunch of places that have no state income tax. Wow. So I moved down to Florida because I think I'm going back to the Giants. It's like, a, I don't know what it was at the time, 8 9 10% state income tax. And I'm like, all right, on a, on a signing bonus, you should save 10% of your money. I'm like, why would anyone, like, basically, I'm going to get paid to go live in Florida. Is what as how I saw it. They're gonna get back some things on like I rented, so I'd have to pay the property tax, but I paid my rent. But like overall, I was making money, and I was like, wait, why are no why is no one talking about this? Why is like our union not like screaming from the rooftops like, hey, this is all legal. Go down there, go live in sunny Florida, not in New York City in yeah. the winter, and and you're gonna get paid to do it basically by not having to you know not having to pay those taxes. So that became a huge thing for me, and I still to this day like I try to tell guys like. If you're signing your second contract, like let's like, who's gonna be the first overall pick this year? Um, maybe let's, let's let's say it's a guy like the USC quarterback. One day he won the Heisman, mm, right? Yeah. Maybe he's not coming out this year, but next year he might be a resident of California. He goes first overall. It's like a His signing bonus crazy. Twenty million dollar signing bonus. He's That's gonna pay thirteen percent to California. Yeah. Bro, let's get you. Let's go to Nevada and train, or Florida and train. That you're buying, and then yeah. you just save thirteen percent on that on those dollars, and it's like that's real money. Yeah, and it's little things like that that like I wish I would have known earlier on. And my agent did a great job. I will give hats off to my agent. When I was a rookie, he made sure I had Pennsylvania residency as opposed to New Jersey residency, and that that really is what started sparking that conversation and and, and doing that. So ten thirty one is another tax strategy where. If you keep rolling it into an investment properties, you don't have to pay taxes, pay taxes. right now. It's eventually, deferred. It's deferred. It's yeah. the, you're paying them eventually. Like the government's getting their money. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you ten thirty one into? So I went from these just lands that I was going to convert to Airbnbs, and I was going to do rental properties on it. And COVID hit and values skyrocketed. So we're like, hey, Let's I, take I, advantage. I, yeah, I took advantage of it, and I, and I moved into uh, multifamily. So. The, that's how I met the guy and the company that I'm working for now is he was able to help me with a 1031 exchange. Okay. And I was like, he started showing me more. He invited me to intern in the off season. So I started, the company's called IDM, not to be confused with IBM, IDM, Invest, Develop, Manage. It's been around for 30 years. The guy, Jeff Gordon, not the race car driver, but like <laughs> everyone always, everyone always confuses IDM with IBM and they're like, Jeff Gordon, wait, you work for the NASCAR, the race car driver? <laughs> and my dad used to work in NASCAR back in the day. So I'm like, no, I wish like, that'd be sweet. But um, Jeff is one of the the best people that's ever come into to our lives. Yeah. We met him. He was going through some health things and, and so was I. And we, we kind of like connected on that basis. And then he's like, hey, I can help you on this real estate side. And he's become a mentor to me and and the COO of the company, Jason Larson has been unbelievable. Like just 
it's been great to like, they fully exposed me. And I've started at the bottom of the totem pole. I'm a rookie all over again. I'm getting yeah. coffee. We went to New York last week. I went to CVS and got like, we didn't have soap or anything. So I'm getting like stuff for the, for the money's the like week. soap. <laughs> the more you money's play with like it, the soap. less you have. Less you have. Yeah. Just, just want to call that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening. <laughs> so yeah, so it's been good. I started, you know, and I, I, all off season was with them and I've known them for a while this year we go into the season and I'm like, Hey, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to play or not. The whole pay cut thing made me, you know, I, I guess I didn't even mention it. COVID hit Cardinals come to me and they're like, Hey, you got to take a pay cut. I said, pay cut. what do you mean? I just had a good season. <laughs> I just built they're, like, they're like, yeah. well, you know, COVID happened. Salary cap went down. You're not all pro. You're a great starter. We love having you around. But uh, yeah, you got to take a 50% pay cut. And then on top of that, you got to earn some of that money back through playtime incentives. So like if you're playing, we'll pay you. But like you get an injury, like we're taking more money from you. And you had already been like business, you've been involved in stuff beyond the game at this point, right? Equities, bonds, kind of the stock market. I invested in a pizza company that flopped. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about the flop. <laughs> let's talk about the flop. And, and she's been around for all of it and seen like, so when I was in New York, I had some really good friends that were in like the nightlife entertainment area. Uh, it's this sports club called Bounce in New York City. That was our very, very first date. Yeah. And uh, so, and then I, I live next to this pizza place when I, on the Jersey side in, in Hoboken. And I always ate this pizza and I love the pizza. So all of a sudden my buddy calls me. He's like, hey, do you know uh, this place, Tony Bologna's like right by your house? And I was like, yeah, dude, pizza's great. Like, the, our generation is like phone needs first. Like their food looked yeah. amazing. Like mm -hmm. they just, he had this like, it, you could, you could like look them up there. He's still, they're still in business, but like the, the stores we open are just not doing yeah. as well. And uh, so I, like we're, we're opening some new restaurants. We're expanding this concept and we're going to move it down to the Jersey shore. We're going to move it to Jersey city. And eventually this, this concept is going to be in every college town. And I, I know the guys at Bounce. It's the, one of the most successful nightclubs. These guys crush it. They go out and they they just, you know, perform at such a high level and they're great operators. So I'm like, what could go wrong? Well, then COVID hits and everyone gets shut down. New York City becomes a ghost town. Nobody's really eating pizzas, you know? Like mm -hmm. they're not going to get pizzas because they're out. They're moving to Arizona. They're moving to, you know, wherever wherever they're moving. They're moving yeah, to people Florida. People did start moving out of, out of New York during COVID. Yeah. I remember that. It, it was, was crazy. Yeah. So it was not a good time to be opening a new pizza shop and trying to like get your foot in the door when no one was around. Like no, right. like even in the offices around the place now, no one's making big lunch orders. So like, it's just crushed business. <clears throat> and like, yeah, I, I love this story because I can tell guys I've lost money. Like I've, I've made money on deals and I've lost money. Like I put $200,000 into that deal and I thought I was being smart. Like I was going to invest not only in the individual locations, but I was going to invest in like the holding company. So if like, if the cheeses ever got sold and Whole Foods bought them and like it, it, it took off any, anything that had Tony Bologna's on it, I could make money. No one thinks about a, a pandemic would happen <laughs> to shut down the world. And those are those risks when you go into business, everyone's like, well, they, there is a, is a there is a chance something yeah. could go wrong. And it did. And I lost, I lost, uh, almost all of it. The guys worked to get some money back. So I ended up getting- They sell off equipment and stuff. They sold one of the restaurants back to the previous owner yeah. and he was going to take it on. It was kind of, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. The timing wasn't right. And I ended up getting, I think 50,000 of the 200,000 back. But like, you know, it's, it's, 
it's no fault to anyone involved. Like you can't control yeah, like right. what the world's gonna do. And that was something that was that was great for me to go through. I got like a master class and like what not to do. Like you have to ask some of these questions and there's no one to blame. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you can't, there's acts of God that just happen. The stock market just crashes one day. You're gonna lose everyone's losing money right now. For 10 years, no one knew what it was like to lose in the markets. Right. And now all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? I can lose money if I invest in if I invest in Tesla, it can go down down three hundred dollars. So no red flags went up. Like a lot of times you hear stories about athletes investing in things and they had a couple people in their ear, you know, wifey, financial advisors saying like, or even homies like, eh, I don't know, man, doesn't sound like a good idea. Um, did or did everything check out for you on this investment minus the whole pandemic thing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think my uncle, like he, my uncle is my financial advisor who I've mentioned before. Um, and Angela was like, are you sure? Like, it's a big amount of money. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'm I'm doing great in football. Like, I can afford this. And my uncle, I think he tried to say, hey, I've been in, involved in restaurants. And he ended up getting out and not making any money on it. Mm-hmm. Typically, people that get involved with restaurants and, and things of that nature, unless you really know what you're doing, it's tough. It's a tough business. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely easier ways to make a yeah. living than open a restaurant. And mm-hmm. I think part of what my uncle makes him a great advisor is he'll let me get a little dirty. He'll let me trip and fall and, and have to figure things out. He was like, this won't crush you if you lose some of this money, but it'll open your eyes for the rest of your life and you'll never make that same mistake. And it's taught me I really have to do my due diligence. I know I couldn't really provide anything for that business besides I thought my I could provide my name recognition. Then I leave the Giants. So I'm not even, I'm in Arizona trying mm-hmm. to represent a pizza brand in New Jersey. Yeah, like yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't working out. And it just, the synergy wasn't there. And the guy, Mike, who's, whose company it is now, like, He's still crushing it. The pizza's still amazing. Like, go out and order it and eat it. It's great. But it just, to franchise and try to grow a business, like, it just it just didn't work. And, yeah. it, and that's fine. And it's something that I'll always, uh, I'll always, and here's my next big flop. I've now thinking about this one, at least, it's COVID situation. I invested in, like, the Uber of China, which is called DD. And this guy who had done great for me and got me his IPOs, like, I, I initial public offerings, for stocks, like you can buy them before they go into the public markets. Mm-hmm. And I invested in a bunch of these IPOs throughout my career and, and did great. Alibaba, Twitter, uh, all these big companies and got to, you know, make some good money. He's like, all right, we're going to bring you this company. It's called DD. And I remember telling her about it. I'm like, babe, it's the Uber of China. Think about China. Think about how many people are in China. Think about- <laughs> China, China, China. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this is before that. And I was like, just think about like, this, this, is, a, this is a home run. Olympics are going to be going there at some point. Like yeah. all these things. What was the investment? Like, So I do, I was a $250,000 investment. You're going to buy into like the company when it's private before it goes public. And- I invested and then COVID hits and then China's like F the world. Like the one fear was like, Hey, China might China, like China might <laughs> like China. I, I, I've read more about like the history of China. Like they have this, they have certain policies. They run China's run differently than America's run. Yeah. And they're a lot stricter. There's a lot less freedoms in China. Like I, I, I still don't know everything. I'm no expert on China by any means. Don't take any advice <laughs> on me on this. But like, if you're investing in someone that's not America or even not your town or not, like you don't know where you're investing. You're at the mercy of what that place, what they want to do. Yeah. And China decided they're shutting everything down. They pulled DD off the stock market. So like you couldn't even trade the stocks anymore. So like, and it nosedive because China's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
None of our companies are going to trade on American exchanges because that's a, a risk to security. We see it going down with TikTok right now. America's yeah. doing the same thing back. It's like, hey, you're, you think our companies was giving away information about our country? TikTok can't be on everyone's phones. Like they're, they're banning it on government officials. Yep. I think University of Texas is trying to ban it. A senator just passed a, a bill today or put in place a bill to try to ban it nationwide because it's, it's, we're like in a, a cold war for technology with China. Do you know that they, chi- the Chinese use, uh, supposedly use TikTok for like educational, like leveling up their audience and then they feed us the, or we're typically fed the like entertainment based stuff. I saw a TikTok on that. And isn't it weird we that <laughs> I, I found out about you or like I started buying Ange stock through your <laughs> guys' TikToks during like COVID. COVID. My gosh, like we're going to have a China counter and a COVID counter for this episode. <laughs> There's like a little time or like number that's going to go up during the I didn't the think we were going to start talking about the politics of China in this episode, but yeah. So I, they take it off the stock exchange and I lost, I'm, I'm, Currently waiting for China to open back up and hopefully make some of that money yeah. back. But like, you think about it, money's like so. I play with it and I'm losing it. And both of these happen at the same time, within a few years of each other. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, Angie, you were downloading Tinder. You were finding a backup plan. <laughs> it was like that dating app that we talked about. When no, we tried we, to sell way back when. You, yeah. I remember you were talking about DD for so long, like. And you're like, it's just, it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit. And then all of a sudden, Uber, you just stop talking China. about it. <laughs> like, yeah. What could go wrong? COVID, yeah. pandemic. Did COVID. that, like, did that scar you though? Like, did that, like, oh man, I don't want to do business anymore. Like, yes. what did that? It, it, <laughs> made you, yes. it made you really realize, like, people have good intentions. People will bring mm-hmm. you a deal with all the right intentions. I want to help make you money. There's no, but risk is out of everyone's control in certain situations. I don't care how good an operator 100%, it is. Bro. And that's when I learned, like, if I'm going to bet on anyone going forward, I'm betting on myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm, once I'm done playing football and, like, I can manage it, even while playing football, I'm betting on myself. Right. And if it's not in my neighborhood, if I don't have a good feel of the area, I, I don't want to do it anymore. If it's not in my lane, like, IPOs aren't in my lane. So I'm staying in my lane, which I've now chosen real estate as my lane. Is is that is that why I mean it kind of is I kind of know the answer to my question, but so that's why you like you're you're learning about the inner workings of how real estate firms work, you know? Because most athletes say I'm just gonna invest, I'm just gonna yeah, because you're in it, you just finished an internship, yeah, yeah. So it was so that's why I wanted to learn how like you know I wanted to learn how the sausage was made. I guess is like, like mm-hmm. and that's something that I, and I want to and I want to teach athletes how the sausage is made. How are the fees made? Like you have to have a developer that comes in and like finds the land, like, you know, gets it ready to be built on actually like sees things through with like, in terms of entitlements or permits, you have to have someone actually build it. And like that all costs money along the way. You have to have someone manage these properties. Raise funds. It's what'd you say? Raise funds. Like that's a piece of it too. The raising equity is the, you can't build it without money. You can't build it without. That's the number one thing. And that's something that I've learned that I need to, there's, there's a good and bad of it. Cause a lot of times people don't want, a lot of people don't want to know how the sausage is made. They're mm-hmm. like, Hey, tell me what my return is that's it. when I'm getting it. That's all I want to know. And that, that's totally fine. But that's the part that I've been running into with some teammates mm-hmm. or anyone. I'm, I'm trying to be a good guy. I'm like, Hey, I want to show you this deal. I want to show you how it works. And guys will be like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to know how it works. What's, what's my return. And that's something that's hard to juggle because as athletes, like a lot of guys, so many guys are just focused on their lane. Mm-hmm. They don't have time. They can't master your lane too. Right. So being able to juggle that, it's made me better. I've had to, I had to get better at how I approach it. And like, 
even if you come from a good place, sometimes you think you're coming from a good place, but it's putting that person in in an awkward position or they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have the bandwidth to like handle what you think is in their best interest. So just approaching people and being able to talk to people has been very interesting. And it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride. And like, I'm I tore my ACL this year too. I didn't even mention that. Like, so I tore my ACL week six. And after I tore my ACL and got surgery and Angela helped nurse me back to health, her dad came and like drove me around town because my <laughs> right leg, I start, I, I rehab in the morning and I go over to the firm in the afternoons. Yeah. And that's kind of where I've been now. And so now I'm deciding, you know, whether we're going to play football for one more year or we're going to start working in real estate. And you can do both. Like there's, there's obviously ball first, but there's an element that you can stay involved um, and continue to build or build out a team. Um, Cause if you're, if you're going to be doing stuff like, so you're, you want to go see how the sausage is made and spend time there. Do you have aspirations to doing your own thing one day? Or are you just going to kind of let it play out? So I was reading this book It's called uh, who not how, and it's like the who's in your life are the most important people, like who you associate yourself with, who you're having conversations with daily, not necessarily like, bootstrapping it from the ground up. If you have the ability to talk to someone that can help you skip a step, Mm -hmm. if that step can be skipped, it it can level you up much quicker. That's literally the point of the show. That (laughs) sentence right there. And that's what you're doing with all this knowledge that you're dropping. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like that, I just want to underscore how important the message that you're delivering right now is because without you taking time out of your day and we know, and as well, like you guys could have been doing a hundred different things right now. Um, just sitting down and sharing this, sharing these words of wisdom and this knowledge, like that is, you're, you're going to be helping a lot of people, whether it's athlete or not, but sorry, can continue. No, you're, but you guys are spot on. Like having a platform like this, what you guys are doing, it's like, who is interested in what I'm interested in? How can we help each other? Mm-hmm. Because like, instead of guys going through some of the issues I went through and everyone is going to go through pain on their own, but like, Hey, Maybe it's like, hey, let's let's instead of, you know, let's look at some tax stuff. Let me give you some tax advice here. Don't make the same mistake and pay an extra 10% when you don't have to. Or, hey, maybe we rent this car as opposed to buying this car. Or, hey, maybe we don't invest in the, in the pizza place that is halfway across the country or an, the Uber of China that never takes off. Um, like, we can, we can have those conversations. And I want guys to, like, see, like, you, you can lose money real quick. Yeah. Is this stuff y'all talk about in the locker room? In New York, we didn't talk about it at all, mm-hmm. at all. And I feel like New York, we should have talked about it more than anywhere because that's where everything happens. Like in the the world kind of revolves around a few places in the world. And New York is one of them. Yeah. San Francisco, New York, Miami's another hub. You know, I know North Carolina, you know, Charlotte, I got in Cle- Def- in Cle- and Cleveland, Cincinnati. I don't know. Too yeah. much, but- I don't know. I think it needs to be like, because I, I, hear, I hear stories all the time where, some locker rooms, they have these conversations. And I think they're so impactful for a young player who, you know, really doesn't, they're wet behind the ears. They don't know what's going on. And, you know, be able to hear this from the vets of, you know, how, you know, the losses I've had in business, the wins I've had in business. I think that needs to be like super overstated in the locker room. We're in such a macho environment. In the yes. room. So many guys are like scared to talk about their losses, like scared to like let their guard down and like be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And that's something where I like try to be like a funny, sarcastic, like I'd like to make fun of myself because like 
it's like, all right, let's laugh at this situation together. Got like make fun of me for losing the money, but like right. now let's all figure out together how we're gonna like come Fix out it. the other side. And like yeah. I've had some wins, like I've had the, the real estate deals I've done, and you know, obviously, you know, the, some other some other things that irrelevant at this point. But it's like the one person I do want to highlight, maybe probably the two people I want to highlight in in my locker room in Arizona that changed my perception of business and sports is like a Larry Fitzgerald. I think like I've always talked about Larry from when I first signed here. Like he's, is he in town still? Yeah, he's in we town. Were, we he were bought dead. a pickleball team. I feel like I yeah, that, so, so these types of things were like while we're out in Arizona, we need to go find Larry Fitzgerald. We were gonna go start hunting at bars, but I should have texted you. You don't go. He doesn't, he's never had a sip of alcohol, so you don't go hunting at bars. <laughs> Where you'll find Larry go Fitzgerald to the golf is course. on the, you can't is, find is on the golf, on the golf course, course or the pickleball course. Yeah. So okay. he just bought a pickleball franchise. Yeah, like, it's gonna be going. on ESPN like this weekend. It's in Arizona, so go to the pickleball event this weekend. He'll be there. He'll, He'll be definitely there. be there. I don't know which days he's going to be yeah. there, but like Larry Fitzgerald is not only like football. We all know who he is on the football field. One of the best to ever do it. Um, but off the football field, probably the best off the field player of all time. Like we need to get him. Like on the if there's a hall of fame for like off the field, Larry Fitzgerald's first yeah. out hall of fame in both. Like I don't, I don't even need to talk about the football. We, everyone knows what that is, mm-hmm. but off the field, Larry Fitzgerald is the best of all time off the field. We go to Dallas. We're playing the Cowboys. He's got Mark Cuban coming to speak to the team. Wow. We go here. He's sitting down. Like, the people he's sitting down with. And then our good friends, eh, who we connected us. Okay. Kelvin. Before, like, we even, like, <laughs> it's all was meant, it was going to happen at some yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Kelvin Beecham, who, offensive lineman, we trained together. One of, one of my really, really good friends and a guy I look up to in the league. Um. Because him, when he first got to the Cardinals, he's all business. Yeah. If you, I don't know if Kelvin, he, if he's going to do an episode, I'm sure he will. We, we need, point. we're, we're definitely getting you guys him. Need him. Definitely he him is on. straight to the point, all business. He doesn't joke around. He doesn't have fun. No, he has his own fun. <laughs> he is like so serious. Yeah. And every day he's meticulous in his schedule. And I know you guys appreciate that. Like he does things the same way every day, always right. Yeah. I think um, he's getting his pilot license now. He told me it was in New of York. Of course he is. <laughs> so I, I, I met him. In, we, we were both just in New York this last last week. And like the amount of people that he knows and the connections he makes, he'll go knock on anyone's doors. Like, yeah. you're involved in tech? Which house? Who's involved in tech yeah. in this neighborhood? That, this house right here? I'll go yeah. knock on his door right now. and like, <laughs> ask him. Like, not even ask him. I don't know how he gets these meetings. I don't yeah. know if he's asking or if he's telling. Because he scares <laughs> me. Like, he says, sit down. I'm he has sitting a, down. He, he has a presence, man. You know, we, we, talk, we talk on the phone. It's like, yo, this dude is like, it, 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 he's the he's he's who he's, he is, man. It's, it's crazy. I gotta tell this story though. Yeah. Like I I was connected with Kel- so I don't have a, a an amazing relationship with him. I, I yeah. recently just met him, um, and I'm, I'm connecting with him. And I'm telling him what warmups is, and yo, know, like before I know this guy's like send out a mass email to like ten other athletes to. You, I think you were in that yeah, email too. He was on it. Um, to like, you know, yo, this is Isaiah. He's like bigging up warmups, and this guy just like learned about warmups. So that was like, yo, this dude is different. You know, I thanked him like 20 times, 20 times. He's like, yo, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, I'm I'm here to serve. Yeah. And that tells you a lot about who that guy is. I mean, so Walter shout out to Payton, Kelvin. Walter Payton, man of the year yeah. nominee. Like, there's just so many things that that when you when someone comes to your life. You're like, damn, you want to take little pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I won't ever say, like, this one person is my role model. But I see ways people handle themselves, and I try to take a little bit from everybody. It's like, yeah. take a little bit from my wife, because, like, obviously, like, there's so many great things that she that she brings and, like, provides. 
I'm like, damn, if I could just be more like Angela in this aspect, like I could just be a little more patient, understanding, yeah. like caring, not as much of an asshole as I can be sometimes. <laughs> and then you go to a guy like Beecham and you're like, if I could just have the discipline of Kelvin Beecham, mm-hmm. like every day wake up at 4 a.m. and eat the same two eggs and have the same cup of <laughs> green tea and like stretch, do all, like it's really, really impressive. And, and, and that's something that you, you, you love to have those connections. And I don't even know the point we're on now. I'm just trying to give give some love to some guys that yeah. are doing it the right way. But um, yeah, those guys are instrumental. And they, they changed the conversation in the locker room mm-hmm. and, and forced me. And there's another guy in New York, his name's Zach Diossi. He was a long snapper in New York. And he's the one who got me involved with the union in the NFL. And now I'm on like the financial committee and the health and safety committee with our union. So those those three guys really changed the trajectory of, of the conversation in the locker room. Yeah. Super dope. I feel like we will run the batteries dry on these cameras <laughs> with all the stuff that we can talk about. And I'm sad a bunch of us are headed out in a few days. So otherwise, I feel like we would do like a part two and three of this. Hey, maybe we'll chop this into two parts. It could be. Because um, I want to switch gears a little bit and pitch you guys on some ideas based off of, we should make this like a full segment. Like this part, pitch. Well, no, just in general. Like I feel like, Part of what I love to do is just be a fly on the wall, um, you know, while these guys are playing. And like, that's how I learned about Ange and, you know, Justin, I mean, he's already done a good job of that in the episode, but like really lifts her up. So, um, you know, I feel like I've been a part of the family from afar. I'm definitely a part of the family now. For sure. Well, maybe Beans has to tackle me outside (laughs) for me to be officially initiated. Yes. Take you out for sure. Um, but I, th- I feel like, um, you know, being that fly on the wall, I've kind of been able to learn about you guys and your passions. And we've been talking a lot recently about um, how, because your focus is on ball and because, you know, you're fed a lot of real estate stuff through league seminars and like that's a primary focus. Um, it doesn't always lend itself to opening up your mind to other things that you might've been right under your nose that you didn't even know was like a thing. You even mentioned that earlier today in, in part of our conversations, like you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so making a, like a thematic about pitching stuff that I've kind of thought about made light bulbs that have gone off for me just from afar before you guys, well, before you even knew me, um, that would be an interesting play. So the way we set this up is I pitched this idea Shark Tank style, at least from a conceptual level. And then you guys tell me what you think about it. We poke holes. Yeah, we poke holes, the, invest in me. Okay. Yeah, sink the boat. I think I'm on their side now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you end up liking it, like maybe- You close some, the laptop, you mean business now. Yes, like sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, maybe If you end up liking it, then maybe we get, we dig into it. And I'm even listening to what you're talking about, like what you're passionate about, like helping the other guys in the league and like compiling all this information and, um, you know, educating them in certain capacities. So like, that's a different conversation. That's a a totally different idea that we can explore. But here's my idea. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're talking about the water and you're spilling the water over here. I wanted to make the water the star of the show. So I (laughs) decided like, that was my way of getting it. It's FaceTime. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, you only have one body and- um, you know, you, you lose a bunch of, you know, weight making these different decisions. Um, Ange and I were talking off camera earlier, just a little bit about, um, like ingredients in your food that you don't like, people just don't know what they don't know. Like you don't know that because 
sucraloses or glycophosate is on the back of this label. Like, what does that actually do to my body, right? And why is it in my pasta sauce? So my idea is, have you ever seen like Vivino? Yeah, yes, app, the, the wine app. Yeah, the wine yeah. app. You like scan a label and then uh-huh. it gives you the like reviews and ratings yeah. for that specific. How much it is. Which yes. wine are you drinking? More than you. <laughs> your wine. Yeah. More than you. <laughs> we'll crack a bottle. I'm, okay. we, we got time. But um, <laughs> I have always had this concept in my head of like, and I started talking to another NFL wife about this just on a high level, but it's since crystallized more in my brain. Like taking that Vivino style label or barcode scan and then educating people on what's actually in their food or what, like if I see glycophosate, I think I'm saying that wrong, but that's literally my fucking point. I thought you made this up. No, that's an actual thing. No, it is. I feel like that's like what's in like cake mixes and like, I don't know. Yeah, there's weird- You know, like what's the- chocolate milk. Like it's it's in like what we're giving To make it like the thickening things. It's carrot, 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 I don't know. So glyph, glyphosate. Like you, if you can't say the so word, you, you shouldn't know. be yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. your body. Exactly. And if I'm looking it up on the internet and then the first thing is like, is glyphosate harmful to humans? Exactly. Like red flag. So I don't know. You have these expecting mothers, new mothers, people that are like putting this in like, even like sunscreens. Like yeah. do you use sun bomb or do you use- copper tone mm-hmm. and why is there a difference or like what's the ingredients so that's my first idea which is like compiling some type of like friendly user experience for like a database to be able to educate people on that type of stuff whether it's an app or it's a website and we can start small and operate lean and make it a pdf or do yeah. it and just sell the information um but i just i'm hearing you talk about your water and like the effects that it has on the body and then you're um, queen fitness and teaching fitness courses. So clearly that means something to you guys, totally out of the realm of real estate and everything that you've ever done. But I'm interested to hear your feedback on that. And by all means, you can be like, and eh, like, Throw it out I'm the out, window. I'm no, out. That, 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 the this is like on. straight up both of our alleys um, because we used a chef during the season. And I feel like that was very eye opening. And we were both like, we both want to know what's going into our food. Like, or what's going into our bodies and what, like even Sebastian, our, our chef during the season. Shout out to Sebastian. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, with the cheese, like on the back, he stopped using bag cheese because- The caking agents. Yeah. Yes. So now I shred all of our cheese, yeah. which is annoying, but like I would rather not put that in our bodies. And I feel like stuff like that, like moms especially right now and people in the fit- fitness industry, like- I mean, I feel like as soon as we go into a grocery store, we flip around what it is and read the ingredients and we're like, absolutely not. Put it right back. Yeah. So I think that's an amazing. Yeah. How do you monetize it? An amazing idea. Well, let's talk about it. How do you monetize it? Yeah. If it's an app, there's subscription fees and I feel like it's sticky because if you stay, you're like, okay, well, what happens? I, you know, I buy the PDF or I get the app and I screenshot everything. Like I don't ever have to pay for it again. Well, it's not like food and products are like all going to be added to it and we're never going to add anything to it ever again. And then you can like make it, you can add recipes and like here's stuff that, you know, you can make with these ingredients. No, so for sure. I feel like it would be so cool if you could like actually scan a picture of what it is in a store and it like tell you what the ingredients in like layman's actually terms. are. Yeah. 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 Dumb Have it down. Have you ever heard of the, uh, the site called Vigil? No. 
V-E-G-G-L. So I'm, I'm a recent vegan. Um, oh, you are? Yeah. So I've been vegan for, what's today? What's today? <laughs> since the new year. I've been vegan since oh, the new wow. year. Oh, um, wow. Just kind of wanted to like try it out. And yeah. you know, I've been experimenting Good for you. with it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I love it and I feel great, especially in the gym. But um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I still like fast food. So I'm always like, you know, I'm not the vegan who, the cross contamination vegan. That's, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, but I'm always like, trying to figure out like what restaurants if I go somewhere with somebody like what restaurants can I go to and what can I get on the menu mm-hmm. so you know I always, I've been I've been typing it in on Google and this is this one site that always comes up and I was like yo let me look at this site and literally this site will literally tell you everything at like, almost any restaurant that's vegan that like, you can get that's vegan yeah every, everything and it's, and it's verified information um and I mean the site is is, is shitty it's just a so I like feel like what somebody you can get like at In and Out. In and Out, it has In and Out in there. Like I, Burger King, any anywhere, anywhere you want to go to. Like, wow, it's helpful. It's super helpful. You and pay I was, for it? Yeah. No, and it's free. I was I was looking at. I was like I was like let me just see how many like uh like view viewers they get a day. Like this this company get like over million millions of people go to their website every day. Active users. Like I was like yo they. They gotta figure out a way to monetize this shit. Like that's yeah. the first thing that came to my head. Like, how the hell are you gonna monetize this thing? Because I I'm using it every day now, religiously. Yeah. Like that's my thing I go to because I'm super conscious about what I'm putting in my body. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you build the audience first, and mm-hmm. then once they gain some type of reliance on your platform, that's where you monetize it. So exactly. that's my first idea. Love that idea. The other idea that you and I were talking about off camera. So this isn't as much of a pitch because we were like building it on the fly together. Um, was, let I'm pitching this to you now because I never talked to you about this idea and you because you weren't involved in our conversation. So now we're business partners. These are the conversations me and Alex have on a daily basis. Yeah, really? literally oh, just yeah. bullshitting. <laughs> um, so we'll start a group chat and we'll start pushing this shit through. It. But Ange and I were had the had this concept that we were discussing um, because I mentioned like, I like to, tra- when I come to new places, so I've never been to Phoenix until now, I like to travel uh, or I like to plan my travels around food because um, I just want to experience dope cuisine. And like when I go to Yelp and look up the best restaurants in Phoenix, like for some reason, like Cheesecake Factory is in the top 10. Like I want <laughs> that shit. And they're, they're paying. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I went to Kansas City for a playoff game two years ago. Um, and they, I was like, I want the best barbecue here. And I found this like foodie, like female owned and operated foodie blog site, I guess. And they told me like where that best brunch was, where the best barbecue was. And it's because they're homegrown in that area. So they know exactly where all the spots, the are. spots are. And if you're coming to Cincinnati, I'm going to tell you where you can get the best taco, where you can get the best burger. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this place is dope, but don't waste your time. Like go down the street for these drinks, whatever. And it's just this whole like experience, this place, like a local, um, I guess, experience. So Angie and I were talking about that. What, what am I missing? So I really was like saying for like, any wives, girlfriends in any professional sport, like we're moving so, I mean, luckily we didn't have to move that much, but like all my friends, they've moved so many times with their kids Mm -hmm. and like coming to a new place, you want to know what's the best school. I feel like that's like number one, like, and you have to ask people, why can't there just be something where like for all of these wives and girlfriends in any professional sport you go to, once you move to that city, 
that has like the best eyebrow person, the best hair person, yeah. like. If, when if you get to a city, you gotta glam up real you, quick before you. Well, that's out. what well, all the girls to, want, and it's like your new—that's your new person. Yeah, I, I don't want to go to a salon I, I and the, one of the first things who's gonna cut my hair. When no, I you did. Feelings. You've tried out a couple, and yeah. you didn't you like a lot out. of them. And it's right, not like right. Google reviews can really, like, really solve that problem. That's no. what I'm up against. Yeah. Like, you need some personality behind the review that's yeah. like baked in, so you can understand, like, oh. I vibe with this person. Mm -hmm. I for sure we're gonna trust the review versus just five stars is was there, so good. Is there not an app? It's like no, it's like Yelp's, which is pay to play, like you said. Yeah. And then it's Google I'm surprised reviews. There's no like you know, and people don't in really. my backyard or something like that's the app and like they, like all the top spots and someone's that's that's crazy. So and yeah, you're and I mean NFL wives, but what about all the other corporate people that have no, to move for, for sure? Work? For you know sure, what I mean. So there's definitely an audience there. I think it's a it's definitely an audience. It's just like. When you talk about like subscriptions, like stuff has to be sticky. Like yeah. if I go, if I figure out who my barber is, I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need it anymore. So that's the only thing that kind of scares me. the initial connection. Yeah. Like, like it, right, it, it's going to be, it's going to be an audience. Like, cause people want to know what's going on in these different cities and, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, and but, not, and, and get real life reviews. Uh, and how do I know that this app's going to like what I like? Like, I know if I know someone in that city, they're going to be like, hey, mm -hmm. me and you vibe. So, like, I know yeah, yeah. you're going to like some of the stuff that I like. So, th this is why I'm going to recommend A, B, C, D. Yeah. But, like, if, if it's some, like, you know, I, I may, like, you have to read into those reviews and be like, hey, is this the type of person that's liking what I like? Because mm -hmm. I, I may like to drink a certain type of, like, espresso martinis. Mm -hmm. Like, you might not like that. So, yeah. you might not know where to get that in Cincy. So, the, and that's what I think is what, what gives us a better... Um, what makes us more sticky, right? Mm -hmm. So like the service providers are one thing that's important. That's just a corner of our little universe. But like under, knowing the best burger, like I'm a traveler. So food, anyone that comes here is going to be eating, right? Because mm -hmm. when you travel, it's rare that you like will go to the grocery store and like buy food to make in your hotel room or whatever. But I for sure want to know the best barbecue. I for sure want to know where the best taco is, the Sushi. best Tex-Mex, brunch, mimosas, yeah. experiences, more than just, you know, individual food items and service providers. So I don't know. I just feel like there's some legs there and I feel like the solutions that we have currently are kind of lackluster. Yeah, Maybe there's shit out there that already exists that touches us, but I don't know about it. And, and you know about a lot. I know a lot. You were like pulling out shit. Some, yeah. You guys, you guys got the vegetable. I was got the, the, the <laughs> no. like, You guys got some stuff going on. Like, if I ever need some help, I already know. <laughs> we're doing the group text so I can ask some questions. Me and Andrew are always trying to figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. We're not the most tech savvy either. So. Yeah. So just know, I mean, we can wrap this up and I'll let Zay ask his famous ending question. Um, but just know that these ideas are on the table. So don't let me leave here and then like, oh, that was kind of a good idea. And then just never have the yeah. cojones to to hit us up and be like, yo, that's kind of like real. Like this is not lip service podcast speak. Like I'm gonna, I'm, and I'll let game. you know if he try to pitch it to someone else. Uh, yeah. yeah. If we hear this being pitched on the next one, like then we're going to have some problems. Yeah. But remember like when I told you about like staying in my lane? Yeah. It's not your lane. And what do we got? He's he just said he basically is like Mark Cuban. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's me and you. You know I, any good? My, I, do you know any investors that we can talk to about this? <laughs> Two hundred. You guys want to buy? Uh, you guys want to buy uh, some shares in, uh, in DD? This, this is the Uber of China. Ten percent. Like we're just waiting for China to come back online. Like I'll give it to you at a great price. Ten percent share for two hundred grand is what we're offering you. 
But <laughs> but for real, like I'm ready to go into business. If I'm you ready. Are. So she uh, needs the back end person. Yeah, Angela's like that's the, me. Angela I don't want to be the, the front, front end. of the store. Like I'll be the yeah. smiling. Yeah, interfacing with people. I can come up the with all the ideas. Yes, I'm being dead serious. If like this starts, if we want to talk lean, this idea, this travel like a local starts with your inner circle, your people, the blog creators. We just start tallying it up and it's an Instagram or it's like Wait, an Instagram account. You have a name for it already? No. You said travel like a local. Well, that's just like, you know, you know, the, the Uber for China. <laughs> that's the DD. <DVD. laughs> <laughs> that's our tagline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm being dead serious. So Angela? I like this idea. Just sleep a lot. on it. Sleep on it. I will. Let me let me, let me wrap this with my question um, for you, Justin. You know, athletes. A lot of athletes want to enter business. Um, what advice would you give them to kind of, you know, encourage them to that they can, you know, do some of the things that you've done and, you know, avoid some of the mistakes that you avoided? Well, I think just first, the mistakes are going to happen. So, like, yeah. be prepared for them, be ready for them, embrace them, learn from them. Um, the biggest thing that I would say is just never feel like you're out of context or you shouldn't be where you're at. There's a reason why you are where you are and you who, you you are successful in your career and that's going to pay off. And I think every time an athlete gets involved in business, people are just so quick to say, Hey, you're just the show pony. You're just the front. And that's the biggest thing that I think that I, I deal with now is like, someone's like, Oh, you're just going to, the one reason you're here is to, to go out there and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm Justin Pugh. I played for the Cardinals and I played for the giants. And we have real things to bring to the table and don't ever be ashamed or afraid. Like, Hey, I've been playing football. I don't have this experience. Go get it. Because the, the person that you're talking to, they didn't have the experience at some point either. And let your guard down. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't be afraid to be embarrassed. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to ask stupid questions. And reach out to the people in your circle. Like I'd always be scared to reach out to guys and, and talk business. Put yourself out there. Send a text message. Send a call. We don't have to be too cool for school all the time. And that's something that I think we can get better and better at. And that goes for, you know, Anyone, anyone in business in general, like ask for help. People are so willing to, there's so many good people out there. You guys are a shining example of that going out and, and putting a light for us to, to be able to have these conversations. Who, not how. Find out the who's in your life and, and, and leverage those opportunities. And that's something that I've had a pleasure to do on a small scale. Hopefully I'll do it larger scale and be able to get back and serve. But uh, don't be afraid. Just, just, just put yourself out there. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. I love that. Yeah. love that. Ange, you got any final words? I mean, Jesus, I have to follow <laughs> that. Oh, well, I've got, I got oh, something that I think can follow that. What? Money's like soap. <laughs> <laughs> the more you use it, the more you play with it, the less there is of it. Right? Oh, he did not say it like that. I fucked up the last. I just like to. I'll be the guy. You've heard me say this for years now. I don't know. Money's like soap. Money's like soap. The more you play with it, the less you have. That's gonna be the title of this video. (laughs) Just make sure you make sure it's like soaps in there, and I'm just like, the more you play with it, the less you have. Like, like, there has to be context in that. All right, like money is don't drop it. Exactly. Yeah, there's like there's many ways. It's slippery. This this slippery like money's like soap. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. (laughs) That actually may work better. Back in the game, it's seven eight. Step out on my elephant. I hope we get there.
gotta go count up some presidents. Yeah, back with the dirt and sediment. Back with a baddie, she elegant. I'm back from the dead, I'm back from the dead. Bitch, they call me the revenant. <laughs> 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 Got a uh, challenge on here. 22. 